Welcome to the Bible in the News. The world was gripped in shock over the brutal murder of three Jewish schoolchildren and their teacher in France this past week. The murder was a cold-blooded, brutal attack on innocent Jewish children and a rabbi in broad daylight at a Jewish school in France as parents brought their children to school. It later emerged that the killer had murdered three soldiers in two other attacks. At first, speculation arose the killer was a right-wing neo-Nazi. As details emerged, it became clear the murderer was much more than this. Once police identified the suspect as Mohamed Mera, they were able to obtain a profile. Canada's National Post reported Mera had been arrested for bomb-making in southern Afghan province of Kandahar in 2007, but escaped months later in a Taliban prison break, the director of prisons in Kandahar told Reuters. Kandahar prison chief Ghulam Farooq said that the security forces detained Mera on December 19, 2007, and that he was sentenced in three years in jail for planting bombs in Kandahar province, the Taliban's birthplace. Mira escaped jail along with up to a thousand prisoners, including 400 Taliban insurgents, during a Taliban attack on southern Afghanistan's main prison in June 2008. Quote. This gives us a good idea of the type of individual we are dealing with. Once Mira was surrounded by police, more details emerged. The Associate Press reported the suspect told police he had belonged to Al-Qaeda and wanted to take revenge for Palestinian children killed in the Middle East. The suspect also said he was angry about French military intervention abroad and had spent time in Afghanistan and Pakistan. Canada's Globe and Mail reported Mr. Mira told police negotiators he had accepted a mission from al-Qaeda after receiving training in the lawless border area of Pakistan and had identified another soldier and two police officers he wanted to kill. End quote. Well, the 30-hour standoff ended when police officers stormed the apartment. After a hail of gunfire, Mera jumped out of the window and died, either by a gunshot wound or from the fall itself. What would cause somebody to commit such heinous crimes? The answer is grim yet simple. Hatred of God's people. This heart-wrenching tragedy is yet another example of the seething hatred that is bubbling up. Yet the media is quick to excuse this incident as the work of a lone wolf madman. The facts don't support this hypothesis. While the killer may have carried out the atrocity alone, there is a much bigger movement behind him. The killer was trained in Pakistan and Afghanistan. His work was methodical, calculated, and executed with steel nerve. The Jerusalem Post, in an article entitled Lone Wolf Killer, Mera Fits the New Al-Qaeda Mold, stated, The jihadi internet world has been awash with calls for followers in the West to act by themselves and to tar attack targets near their places of residence. Those issuing the calls believe such tactics minimize the chance of terrorist plots leaking out to intelligence services. One clear example of this trend was the online mag magazine Inspire, produced by Yemeni-American al-Qaeda operative Anwar al-Awaki and his American-Pakistani accomplice Shamir Khan. Both were assassinated in a U.S. drone attack in Yemen last year. Inspire told Western Muslims that they had a religious obligation to carry out a jihad and repeatedly urged readers to act alone, pick targets near their homes, and keep the plot to themselves. End quote. Well, while these lone wolves may be acting alone, they belong to a bigger system of hate. Yet many are ignoring the signs of growing anti-Semitism. 
The Israeli newspaper Haaretz reported an interview with Dan Zikri, 18, who recently taught at the school where the shootings took place on Monday. He stated, Jews do not want to be seen on the street wearing a skullcap because that leads to shoving and even blows. Anyone who tells you it doesn't happen is simply ignoring it. End quote. Well, this is in keeping with the growing anti-Semitism in Spain, where Jews are cautioned not to identify themselves outside the synagogue by wearing a skullcap, for fear of being victimized. Many do not want to believe that a culture similar to what developed at the beginning of the last century is raising its ugly head again. Haaretz also reported the contradictory opinion of Rabbi Levi Yitzhak Matsov, a Chabad emissary to Toulouse for 35 years, and the principal of Gan Rashi, a Jewish primary school attended by the three murdered children. The newspaper recorded his comments. There is no atmosphere of anti-Semitism here, he says. There are a few Arabs who rampage sometimes, and some veteran French people who recoil from Jews a bit, but that's definitely not the majority. He believes the larger problem facing Jews in Toulouse, as well as France, is assimilation. Our numbers are constantly dwindling due to mixed marriages, says Matasov. Many Toulouse Jews have no ties to the community, and only 30% of the city's Jewish children attend one of the city's three Jewish schools, he estimates. Most of the children at the Jewish institutions do not come from particularly religious families, and the small education system has to fight for every one of them, end quote. The failure of Jews to assimilate into European society at the turn of the previous century led Theodor Herzl to write Der Judenstadt, the Jewish state. Following the Dreyfus affair, where a Jewish soldier was wrongfully accused of espionage, Herzl identified the problem of anti-Semitism and the failure of assimilation and encouraged Jews to move to Palestine and establish their own state. Herzl wrote, The Jewish question exists wherever Jews live in perceptible numbers. Where it does not exist, it is carried by Jews in the course of their migrations. We naturally move to those places where we are not persecuted, and there our presence produces persecution. This is the case in every country, and will remain so even in those highly civilized, for instance, France. In countries where we have lived for centuries, we are still cried down as strangers, and often by those whose ancestors were not yet domiciled in the land where the Jews had already had experienced suffering. It is useless for us to be loyal patriots, as were the Huguenots, who were forced to emigrate. If we could only be left in peace, but I think we shall not be left in peace. We might perhaps be able to merge ourselves entirely into the surrounding races if they were to leave us in peace for a period of two generations. But they will not leave us in peace. For a little period, they manage to tolerate us, and then their, hostili- their hostility breaks out again and again. The world is provoked by our prosperity because it has for centuries been accustomed to consider us as the most contemptible among the poverty-stricken. In its ignorance and narrowness of heart, it fails to observe that prosperity weakens our Judaism and extinguishes our peculiarities. It is only pressure that forces us back to the parent stem. It is only hatred encompassing us that makes us strangers once more. End quote. Well, Herzl went on to lay out his vision of a Jewish state, 
a vision that is now being realized, not because of Jewish intuition, but because the prophets foretold it. One such prophet was Jeremiah, who wrote under inspiration in chapter 3, verse 14, Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family and bring you to Zion. Herzl makes a chilling statement in De Judenstadt, echoing the words of the prophet, He who will not come with us should remain behind. Part of the tragedy this week is that two of the children killed in the massacre were born in Israel, but moved back into Europe, the scene of so much anti-Semitism over the centuries. Perhaps the belief was that European society is healed of its historical and religious anti-Semitic blight, and was a safe place to reside. Herzl argued otherwise. The Palestinian cause has been embraced by European nations and is constantly used to disparage Israel. This was the underlying theme in the attack this week. In the killer's mind, all the victims were guilty of either being Jews or aiding and abetting the Jewish nation by military action elsewhere. The killer's motive was to curse Abraham's seed and anyone who blessed them. The bodies of those Jews killed were sent to Israel for burial following the tradition of Jacob and Joseph, who both asked for their bones to be interred in the land of promise. Jacob and Joseph both wanted to return to the land. God had indicated, though, I will bring thee up again, Genesis 46, verse 4, but the timing would be when God indicated it. Well, this is the time for Jews all over the world to return to the land of promise and not to go back to Europe, the spiritual Egypt of today. The scriptures are clear that there would be hatred of God's people throughout the ages. God identified the division that would occur before the nation even existed. In Genesis 3 verse 15 we read, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This division is from the foundation of the world. John Thomas, author of Elpis Israel, commenting on this passage, wrote, Eden has been a field of blood from the beginning of the contest between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent until now, and will yet continue to be until the serpent power be broken upon the mountains of Israel. End quote. The fact is, all those related to the kingdom of God stand in natural enmity to the kingdom of men. The Jews, by nature of their ancestry, belong to the family of Abraham, out of which the kingdom of God was to be built. Thomas wrote, The woman's seed was identified with Israel, and the serpent's seed with all that had enmity against or oppressed them. End quote. Throughout the passages of Scripture, the reoccurring theme is seen. In Ezekiel 25, verses 15 to 17, God speaks of the Philistines, the ancient nation who once inhabited the Gaza region. He describes their old hatred. Thus saith the Lord God, Because the Philistines have dealt by revenge and have taken vengeance with a despiteful heart to destroy it for the old hatred, therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I will stretch out mine hand upon the Philistines, and I will cut off the Carathims and destroy the remnant of the seacoast, and I will execute great vengeance upon them with furious rebukes, and they shall know that I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon them. Later, in Ezekiel 35, verses 5 to 7, God describes his judgments against the Edomites because of their perpetual hatred. He says, Because thou hast had a perpetual hatred, and hast shed the blood of the children of Israel by the force of the sword in the time of their calamity, in the time when their iniquity had an end, 
Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord God, I will prepare thee unto blood, and blood shall pursue thee. Sith thou hast not hated blood, even blood shall pursue thee. Thus will I make Mount Seir most desolate, and cut off from it him that passeth out, and him that returneth. End quote. This is the same age-old hatred that has been extant in the nations who have wanted Israel deso- destroyed so they could seize on the inheritance. Today, anti-Semitism is reviving under the flag of anti-Zionism. Jews are targeted because they, as Jews, are related to the state of Israel. The state of Israel is the nucleus of the future kingdom of God, in a very imperfect yet developing form. It is not perfect by any means. Israel's religious awakening is just beginning. But then this is to be expected when we read the prophets such as Ezekiel who describe the assembling of the body politic of Israel in the 36th chapter prior to having the Spirit of God breathed back into it. Israel waits for Elijah, who Malachi prophesies will be sent before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, when he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers. Malachi 4, verses 5 to 6. The Jews still remain the witness to the truth of the Bible and the purpose of God with the earth, as we read in Isaiah 43, verse 10. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. As God's witnesses, they are cast in a role which puts them in enmity with the nations who wish to see God's purpose with the earth frustrated. They are the nucleus of the future kingdom and will eventually be involved in the recreation of the societies on earth as we know it. Daniel tells us in chapter 2 and verse 44, The God of heaven shall set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. The kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. They will be made fit for the role they will play in the kingdom by the word of God entering into them again, and a national covenant being made with them. They will receive the kingdom as we read in Daniel 7 verse 27. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. The tragedy in France is just another sign that anti-Semitism is rising in Europe, in anticipation of the great clash between the kingdom of men and the kingdom of God. Yet the promise made to Abraham will hold fast in the end. Genesis 12 verses 1 to 3 states, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's hand, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. The blessings for the people of Israel lie in the land promised to Abraham. It is to this land Elijah will first come, heralding the coming of Mashiach, the Messiah, who will redeem his people. Our hearts go out to the families destroyed by this abominable act. May God's people heed the warning which cries out, Return to the land of promise. May Messiah come and put an end to the wickedness of the anti-Semitic nations of the world and change world opinion of the children of Abraham as is recorded in Zechariah 8 and verse 23. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, 
In those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. This has been Jonathan Bowen joining you for The Bible in the News.